mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. This is the Bill Squire Show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Bill Squire Show. Uh, before I get to my first guest, OK Pants, uh, a.k.a. Aaron Seacrest, who is a lot of fun and it's a very, very good interview. And uh, not even interview, segment. I call these segments. We're not. I'm not interviewing people. I just like to uh, talk with people and have good conversations. But I wanted to address a comment that was on last episode, episode 10, Powerful But Short-Winded. Uh, it comes from John MB 731 and he said, Since you're a big-time liberal, how do you stand with all the rioting and destruction of churches and government landmarks? Also, do you support having no cops and defunding police? Uh, yeah, I do support it. I do support the riots because I know what they're for. I know what they're meant to do. You can rebuild buildings. You can put statues back up. You can you can repair all that stuff. Human lives, though, don't come back. George Floyd's not coming back. Tamir Rice isn't coming back. All right, these are people that were killed for no reason. So, until we get the reform that we need for the police, then... I understand these riots. I don't understand the response to the riots, uh, especially by people on the right that don't want the government controlling them and doing things. You see the you know, secret police out there kidnapping people, and all these Second Amendment guys are like, well, I mean, uh, sometimes the government's doing the right thing. Uh, I, I just, you're very choosy. You're very uh, choosy about when uh, the government's good and when the government's bad. And I'm I'm confused by it. Uh, Defunding the police is a misleading term. It's not the best way to put it, but that's what's out there now. And if you do, you know, a moment of research, you know what it means. You you know it doesn't mean take all the money from the police. Uh, Abolish the police has to do with starting over. Putting in a police system that isn't violence-based. That is about de-escalating situations. Other countries all over the world have these type of police officers. Uh, there's a segment on Jim Jeffrey's show where he goes to Amsterdam and he spends a night with a couple of police in Amsterdam. And they're just, it's so pleasant. They, there's a lot of things going on there. But the police don't go walking around like they have complete authority. But in America, we have a lot of police officers that act like it's their job to be judge, jury, and executioner, and that's not okay. I'm not on board with that. So I fully support defunding the police, which means, if you've taken any time to research the phrase, that they're going to take some of the money, which a lot of money goes to the police, and put it into other programs to help the community, to make the police's job easier, because they're being asked to do a lot of things that they shouldn't be asked to do. So if we put money into these other programs to help our community, it makes it that much better across the board. But then you don't get to fill up the prisons with people because they're for-profit for prisons. Weird, right? Big-time liberal. 
Bill Squire. Proud of it because you know how I got to become a big time liberal? Uh, church. I was raised religious and I didn't agree with a lot of what I was taught because it was exclusionary. It was, we're better than these people. But it went against what Jesus Christ was teaching, which I, what he taught, I'm holding on to. Those values that Jesus had, real good. Real big fan of Jesus Christ as a teacher, as a way of living your life, having love and compassion for other people. So I held on to those values and then stripped away all the stuff that didn't serve me. All the stuff that just meant that I was being controlled. Didn't work for me. So maybe you can do the same thing. Maybe you can live your life. Because I'm guessing, John, I'm guessing you're a, a Christian and that you care about people and you want to see people taken care of. And you care more about people than you care about buildings. So hopefully you can do that. You can care more about people than you do about buildings or uh, just, you know, being on the right. The right versus the left. It's the biggest bunch of bullshit. It's good versus evil. A lot of times. I don't walk around saying, I'm a liberal, I'm a liberal. It's weird. It's weird when people speak to you like that. When they're like, oh, this is what you express, caring about people? Well, that makes you a liberal. I don't care about <laughs> that. Good. Because that means that I tend to care more about people than things or money. So, do you do that, John? Do you care more about people than you do about things and money? Ask yourself that question. Do you look at black people and see what they're going through in this country and understand or at least try to empathize with what they're going through, where every day they wake up thinking, could this be the day where I get shot by a police officer just because? And then there's no consequences. You might not even wake up. You might be like Rihanna Taylor laying in bed and they break into your house and kill you. And then they go, we goofed that one up, guys. It's disgusting. Accountability for police. Reform the police system. Take some of that money. Put it in other programs. Make America a better place to live. A safer place to live. All right. Hope I answered your question, John. Uh, enjoy the rest of this episode. Right now, I'm talking with OK Pants. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of The Bill Squire Show. I'm here with my buddy, Octavius Contavious Pants, a.k.a. Aaron Seacrest. <laughs> Hi, Bill. How's it going, my friend? I'm good. My dog chilled out just in time, man. My dog chilled out just in time for us to start doing this podcast. Oh, that's good. Um, Thanks for using my birth name, by the way. You're welcome. You're welcome. I, I appreciate it. Uh, you revealing it to me. I'm, I hope it's okay that I put it out on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, this is a safe space. Mm -hmm. Also, if you find the numeric value of each letter that we just uh, started each sentence with, that's his social security number. My social security number is 911. Bam. I was one of the first. Mm -hmm. Uh, <laughs> that's, uh, I don't believe you. 
Uh, so Pants is a buddy of mine. He's been on Flix and Bill a bunch of times. He's uh, a graphic designer, an artist, a uh, real renaissance man. He's recently went through a transformation uh, with his body, which took him from kind of a, you know, chub- chubby lovable to what I call to him a hunk. And that led to a pr- <laughs> pretty fun situation that we, you know, we kind of revealed it all on social media already, but it's still pretty fun to go through it for people ha- who haven't checked it out yet. Uh, that's very kind of you to say too, Bill. I don't uh I have to be with myself every day. So I don't know if I, I know the difference, but you yeah. look great, man. You look absolutely great. Thanks. So like, do you want me to, do you want to run down the story here? Do we want to go and get into well, it? Yeah, we'll go into it. Uh, so you posted a bathroom selfie where you were looking, you know, real, real trim, real trim looking and not just trim, but like broad shoulders. It was a good selfie. I really did hit the angles. And so Bill, you DM'd me and you said, Jesus, dude, you're a hunk. And of course, mm-hmm. given your reach, I immediately screen grabbed that DM. And then I just reply well thanks man but it's i really got to credit my folks as uh bathroom lighting for the uh for the accentuations if you will yeah I was out of my 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 parents house and then so just anyways uh so then you pressed me well because like, i said well if they're the ones that i should be thanking i'm going to thank them right so and you pressed so, me for their, their for their mailing address yeah which i thought was a joke for about five minutes until like the fourth or five fifth time you asked me and then finally i i was like oh, okay yeah yeah i wanted to send them a letter i want to uh give them the proper accolades and i was just in a weird mood that day that was the same day where i posted all those like in like kind of trolling influencers on my timeline where it's like Oh yeah, you went in, you went you went left to center. You went rogue that day for sure. Yeah, I was I was uh, going through a, a weird day, and I but I just like I don't know if that sometimes that's how creativity hits me. Like I can't remanufacture that kind of mania that I was in. Like I wish I could because I thought that stuff was real funny and it was real fun. But I like I tried doing it again. I'm like, no, nope, it's not there. It was just one of those things that happened that day. I can relate to that. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Uh, so then I actually wrote a letter to your parents, typed it out. Uh, I should have signed it. I didn't actually sign it. I, I forget how letters work. Do you want me to read uh, it? Yeah, please read it. Start okay. from the top because there's. Oh, no yeah, because every it. single word of this is is poured over. Mm-hmm. So sent from Bill Squire, 6200 Oak Tree Boulevard, sweet spelled S-W-E-E-T 400 mm-hmm. on the 22nd. <laughs> Uh, say the 22th 22th sorry 22th forgive me i'm not a writer oh july oh july all caps of the year that shan't be mentioned mm-hmm. and it did not dear mr and mrs pan and also uh, the address of my folks's house yeah, i got that right yeah yeah they're private people so yeah. we won't be giving that out on there hey, don't dig into that you were just chewing on a bone and being so good whoopsie Oh boy, whoopsie. Now you gotta find the loudest thing to try and dig into. 
All right, go ahead. She's part of the show. People get mad at me, but I don't care. No, it's your show. Your rules, buddy. Yeah. Dear Mr. and Mrs. Pants, your son, air quotes, okay, recently posted a photo in one of your bathrooms, parentheticals, I assume you have at least six, and I complimented him on his physique, calling him a hunk. Being the th humble man that he is, he thanked the lighting of your bathroom. All right, hold on, hold on. Let me... God damn it, dog. Oh, boy. Anyways, you can go to okpants.com for all your design needs. If all your follow me on Instagram slash okpants. You can find me over on ID. Um, I have a robust amount of selfies and inspirational content. Oh, hey, what's up, man? How you doing? All right. All right. I didn't say shit while you were gone. All right. That's fine. I, I can, can you hear me ranting? No, I didn't hear anything. It, it was very, you were very civil and very, I didn't hear, I didn't, I didn't even know. I'm going to leave it in if I can hear it. I mean, it's just me yelling at my dog. So uh, being the humble man he is, he thanked the lighting of your bathroom for making him here appear, quotes, hunky. And I wanted credit to go to the two of you for equipping said bathroom with such sensational lighting. Best regards, Bill Squire. Very yes. sweet. And of course, because I have, I believe, ADHD, Hours after you told me you were sending this letter, I forgot about it, of course, until my mother. <laughs> That's the ideal situation for it. <laughs> oh, yeah. For you to completely forget that it was happening and then your mom to be like, what is this about? Uh, so it's all on my Instagram and your Instagram. You're at OK Pants. I'm at Bill Squire if you want to see how it all unfolded. But uh, I wanted to have you on this week because uh, I think you're. It's a shame that I haven't had you on yet. This is the 11th episode, and I haven't had you on yet. Oh, I mean, you surely know 11 more influential and better guests than me, but thank you. I am going to need you to lean a little more center, not politically, just physically, <laughs> so that you can be uh, <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. So uh, how are you as I, I meant you're like, what are we going to talk about today? And I was like, let's talk about school, because I got into it with Mary yesterday mm -hmm. because I was a terrible student because I hated school. Because I didn't connect with any of my teachers. Nobody tried. Like, I didn't have one of those teachers. Like, that's like, oh, I see your creativity and in, in, in your, you know, what you want to be. And, like, your humor and all that. And, like, pull me under the wing. It was all like, hey, if you don't do this, you're going to be a fucking loser. And I was like, well, you telling me that makes me want to do it less. So the way you're you're approaching this with me is making me want to do even less than I already was doing. So I just, because I, I was just really not into it and so then i was talking with mary and the alan cox show yesterday and she was getting upset with me because i'm very proud of where i am now because i didn't do any of the i didn't jump through the fucking hoops they want me to jump through sure. i did it my own way and so i take a lot of pride in that and she's like well it sounds like you're very dismissive i'm like well i am dismissive of it because they tell you you have to do these things this way and then when you do it another way and she's like well you're the exception not the rule i'm like i understand i'm the exception but I feel exceptional being the exception because yeah, that's the whole point of it. You yeah. you carved your own path, right? And it wasn't public, you went to public thing. school, right? Yeah. Well, school in general, and I don't want to get in a whole jaunt about it, but it's designed to produce worker bees. You know, it's not designed for people that want to carve their own path, creators, mm -hmm. creative types. And I was kind of, and I was kind of spoiled with. I went to public school. Yeah. And I I displayed at a young age in a, a um proclivity for art and ability. So I was kind of 
not given a pass, but I think people kind of treated me, teachers treated me with like, well, he's going to be all right. He'll like go, you know, design the next SpongeBob SquarePants and make billions. And so we can, we don't have to worry about this guy knowing fucking algebra too or whatever. How loud is the dog on? Because I hear her loud. Uh, it's not nearly as loud as you're hearing it on my okay. end. It's not disruptive, if that's what you're wondering. That's what I'm wondering, because it's it, to me, it seems like it's uh, quite loud. But we'll find out when I, I go through this audio. Sorry about that. To, anyway, so you were you were gifted at art, and you kind of were able to kind of find that. Like, for me, being a smartass and not really in, in having ADD, uh, just not really being able to focus on anything that they're teaching me and also not wanting to do anything. Once I got out of school, I was very much once school's over, I'm done with school. I'm not going to do homework. I'm not going to study none of that stuff. That, that didn't seem like real life to me. It doesn't seem like, like when my dad was a bricklayer, when he got home from work, he wasn't laying brick, you know, like that was, that's kind of how I looked at it. So I'm like, yeah. why should I have to, when I'm not at school, why should I have to, continue doing things that they couldn't squeeze in at school it seemed like the whole program was just to see if you could follow directions yeah i mean it's i i went to the high school and middle school in the middlest of the middle suburbs you know south euclid and lyndhurst so like it was very much lined up like you know they you can parse out the fuck-ups from the you know the majority of the folks that are going to end up going to like state school or community college and and and, and you know where'd you end up going to college i ended up going to cleveland institute of art and i okay. knew kind of at a young age that if i was going to any college i well if i was doing any higher education it was going to be of the art school thing because mm -hmm. i i shut out like every plan b c d at a young age i was like i'm gonna fucking draw pictures for a living i don't know how that's gonna work but like similar i want to say and i did it without an a plan at the, that time i'm like right. whatever i end up going into i'm going to go all into that because b and c aren't going to be an option i don't want to and, and i see that no no college i barely graduated high school like the <laughs> yeah, only reason the only reason I graduated high school is because uh, my mom did a correspondence course for me that I was supposed to do. So, she, so I graduated in uh, October of 2000. Okay. Because I graduated that deadline. I graduated in 97. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but okay. So yeah, you managed to save yourself of tens of thousands of dollars of debt in a few years later. And that's what I take pride in. Yeah, you should actually what I I like and, and Mary Mary likes the head pats of like talking about getting straight A's. I never got a test back and like had an A plus on it and felt like I accomplished anything. It was just one of those things where like if I got a test back and I had a good grade on it, I'd be like, oh, that's cool. But it didn't getting an A or an F like or a D or whatever it was, none of it affected me when it comes to my like day-to-day -day, uh life like it was just like this is for them this is not for me right you had a bigger picture i'm assuming you had a bigger picture view of where you wanted to go and it didn't involve being good at fucking quizzes and tests exactly it yeah. was it was more and, and i don't even know if it was a bigger picture it might have been a really small picture but it was just i was very lost and i didn't really know what i wanted to do but i knew it, that, that wasn't part of it school was not a part of it school sure. was just holding me back from any sort of and, and then anything that I wanted to study in school 
had a bunch of roadblocks in it. So we had like a video production program, which I was very interested in, but I couldn't get into it because my grades were bad and I, and I wasn't going to fucking deal with that. So I just bought my own stuff and started learning how to edit on my own uh, stuff. And then like when I was, I was going to go to college, I was going to go to college and I, I called it off because of all the bullshit around it. Like I wanted to go into like video production, learn how to do all that stuff. And uh, they're like, well, you got to get all these caught, caught up with all these math classes that you and science classes that you blew off when you were in high school. I'm like, well, then I'm not going to do it. Uh, so if you, if you want to go that direction, then that's fine. But I'm not going to waste my time in these classes that have no application. Mobile phone companies say they offer home Internet. But if their Internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone Internet, not home Internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. Leftovers or... The DMV or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For my day-to-day life. Just because you need to fill rooms and get tuition money for for those teachers, it just didn't did not work with me. With film, especially, and I don't knock people that went to film school or acting school or whatever. If you truly, truly wanted to do that or want to do that, you'll find a way outside of that institution. Mm-hmm. I just really like, you know, there, there's no rule. We we went to school around a time before everything got flipped on its head in terms of how shit worked. And yeah. It went from being a very specific channel of your pathway to success in that industry to now it's like can sit here on my fucking phone and, build. and do yeah I mean I I edit all this stuff and do everything on an iPad and I learned all this stuff pretty much myself I did go to the recording workshop and learned how to do some sound engineering so I know about like signal flow or anything like that but I don't have an ear for music I don't like I I don't have that sound engineer gene where you can hear stuff and you'd be like oh this tone's better this it sounds better this way that's not who i am so i just but i'm glad that i know how to work the equipment because i i do a lot well i got good news for you that that worked in the music industry there's a lot of super massively successful people that also don't have an ear for music so well then i could have gone through that and then yeah gosh you could be on uh, well no one's touring right now but it just you know it doesn't this is gonna sound weird People let the fear of being bad or good at something get in the way of actually being successful at it in a way that that absolutely matter. You you know I'm preaching to the choir on that, but um, you know like that was like my thing was like I learned at a young age. I think the one thing that put me ahead of anybody was like, um, I'm not afraid to try this and I'm not afraid to suck at it because I don't think I'll be the worst at it. But if I'm bad at it, I'll fucking try something else or I'll try it again. And I think that is the only constant that carried over from like a pre-internet world 
to a current day yeah. social media world. It's just that ability to try and put it out there and not be afraid to fail. And well, when you realize no one fucking remembers anything anyways and nothing matters, especially in 2020, it's like what do you what's the risk? What's the what's the um with you? What's the stakes to it really? Well, and and a lot of it just comes down to I think when people are afraid to start something and afraid to try is they they're really afraid of the work because they realize that if they're not good at it right away, then they're going to have to practice and get better. And that's overwhelming to a lot of people because there's definitely things like that that I've been uh, overwhelmed with because I, I there's as much as I have done, there's a lot that I haven't done that I've wanted to do. Sure. I mean, I'm right there with you. I'm 40 years old and there's still things I want to pivot. I hate that word, but things I want to pivot to and try that aren't really mm -hmm. related to visual art and illustration and stuff. But the work I think is one thing that paralyzes people as a non-starter. And then I think just, you know, people's opinions and putting yourself out there with the actual thing scares the shit out of a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and then that is very devastating when you have, you put something out, and people don't react to it. Like I'd rather someone hate it than not react to it. Well, yeah, you, that, that hurt you, you understand. You understand the ultimate, the worst case scenario, which is just silence. You mm -hmm. know, that was silent. That was that was the crux of me trying open mics because it felt like I was like, it's there's no stakes to trying to be funny on Twitter or Facebook. There's no, there's no, you know, this there's a giant safety net there. You can delete stuff. You can fucking move on with your life. But I was like, what's it? I, I got to put myself in front of people and see how this resound, resound, um, resonates with complete strangers. And that to me was like, because I'm not a fighter guy. Mm -hmm. So it's like I, I analogize it to when the dudes at the bar are sizing up another dude. And they're like, I bet I could fuck that dude up. Like, that was what I thought of like with stand up comedy. Like I was like, well, I was like, this is one way to sort of test my metal. as well. And, and that's, you know, talking about pivoting and, and trying new avenues. One thing that I'm coming to terms with with because of the pandemic is that I, I tied so much of who I am and who how funny I am to performing on stage that I would hold a lot back and keep it for the stage. And now that that's not really a thing that I can do consistently right now, it's kind of been a wake up call to me like, OK, just be funny. Nobody cares how you're funny if you're funny. Just like, like if you I'm like being funny, go be funny. Right everywhere, like nothing matters right now. Yes, exactly. So, so you know that's why I started this podcast, and that's why you know because I I love doing the Alan Cox show. We have so much fun on there, but I also I like being a, I like the podcast format where you can get a little deep, you can get a little silly, you can get a little over over the top. Uh, and when it comes to things that like you feel. Like you started in, in you know, you were talking about stand-up comedy, giving that a try. Uh, I definitely went that way because I tried to be a musician. And all I was good at while I was doing music was riffing on stage, like doing the stage banter. And that's yep. Like, yep. like, I was <laughs> terrible. Like, I, oh man, talk about a cringe moment in your life where you like, even 20 years later, I'll think about this moment and, and get uncomfortable Mm -hmm. uh we were playing a show at the euro gyro and there was like there. yes seven or eight people there it wasn't busy it was it was you know we were an opening band for a band that wasn't even really that good of a band either so it was just like but it was one of those things where they're like hey get here at seven o'clock you can play at eight 
and then the real show starts at nine or whatever. And uh, if you bring 10 people, we'll give you 50 bucks or something. And so we got, we got paid for it, which was wild to me. Uh, but I was always the guy that was trying to like bring energy, but I didn't have that coolness that uh, people in bands can have where they can bring energy through like some sort of, I don't know, just being like a little bit suave and a little bit energetic or whatever it is. You were a comedian trying to be a musician. Yes. And self-aware wasn't really in my vocabulary yet. And so I was just trying to be the guy. Like I wasn't being funny at this show. I was just trying to have enough energy to get everybody else into it. And I was headbanging while I was playing so hard so fast but also violently and not with rhythm and it was just so uncomfortable i have the video somewhere i feel like i can find what it what kind of band it. was it it's just a pop punk band i mean we were doing basically like blink 182 type crap and uh and i'm just like just jamming out so hard and the rest of the band's just standing still playing and it was so goddamn uncomfortable when i went back and watched that video and i was like oh boy what you oh, do? Dude, no. I don't, I, you know, I, I, I did my time in bands too. And that was also my trajectory was similar where I loved being in bands. I loved playing live, but I would get to a point where I relished the moments between songs way more than the actual songs. Cause then I could just, you know, I was a front man. I have no musical ability whatsoever. And you just, I could just say whatever the fuck I wanted. Mm-hmm. Like, it was like comedy hour until like, the band got tired of hearing me and they just started playing the next song. You know, they would just basically play me off. Yeah. That's kind of where I would thrive is I, I thrive in those moments in between. And then I'd also, you know, we do a lot of cover songs and I would just start ripping lyrics of like kind of roasting the people in the audience and just kind of having fun with that. And so yeah, that, that was fun. That was always the fun of it to me. Yeah. Even so like, that, I didn't know what crowd work was, but I was doing it when I was like 21 years old in a stupid hardcore band. Yeah. And so I remember, everybody else like these other kids in this they they were a little bit younger than us so like we were doing like the fun goofy thing trying to be more like blink 182 but then there was like the white stripes and the strokes were coming out at that time and so they were like more trying to get this new sound and they were they were also very emotional because it was also like the forefront of the emo thing happening so a lot of white belt wearing folks yeah yeah for sure but it was also like one of these people like singing and crying while they're singing because it's like you know dashboard confessional was also around that time mm-hmm. and it was very uh weird to see like that connect with people and it'd be so foreign to me to be like what are feeling feelings that's what you're here to do no no we laugh when we feel feelings that's what we do you get a <laughs> feeling you you find a way to make it funny so then you don't have to really process it well also a lot of those bands were like I'm 27 years old and I'm really into 19 year old girls. And I figured out if mm-hmm. I can pretend cry, a lot of those girls will come to my shows. That's yeah. also yeah. a major component of the emo, the <laughs> emo music in the early two thousands. Very true. And, and it always, and I always kind of saw through that and I've yeah. like, and I, and I didn't even know if that's what I was saying, but like, I just felt like these guys were real weird. Like I didn't really, I didn't really dig the emo scene. The way that uh, I mean, I was also a little too old for it when it really started to go off. So it wasn't. Uh, really- I mean, you were kind of right there because I was. I'm a few years older than you, and when that, along with like emo hardcore and like Warp Tour, what you know, yeah. Warp Tour music kind of became its own genre. 
that was kind of the groundwork for all that stuff. But yeah. I guess, yeah, you're right. I probably was the right age for it, but I was just more tuned into like I was more of a no effects MXPX lag wagon. So you're like the uh, original ground patient zero warp tour bands. Yeah, I was more into that. So when the new ones were showing up, like it kind of ended for me with some 41 blew up. So mm-hmm. like they were they were like my band and then everybody knew about them. And like it's not like I was unhappy for them, but it's just one of those things where I, I was just like, well, this is weird. Like it was weird to see like all these people like get into this band that was like so important to me. And then all of a sudden, because they're on MTV, like all these people are like, oh, I love that. I mean, I did the exact same thing with Blink-182. So it's not like I can blame them, but it was just it, it was just a weird time. But I did. Lo- I did go to a lot of Warp Tour. I used to shit on that kind of behavior, but it is it's a hard swallow when something that was yours that you sort of got in on the ground floor with became something for everybody mm-hmm. and i don't like being a snob there were certain bands where i was like man i gotta share this with everybody now like you know but that was that's like well it's I it's like there's not that relationship with music anymore now that everything streams and and everything's just fucking weird well and, and it's just so fragmented now because with music now you can have this anytime one of these rappers dies and i'm like who is this and then i go and look and see that they had 20 million followers on instagram and, and like you know <laughs> yeah. platform, streaming albums and stuff like that i'm like okay well i'm just very disconnected from everything that's happening with with music so it's not like i'm gonna shit on this person because he was very important to a lot of people and that's a bummer whereas a lot of people are like oh who fucking cares i do have a lot of problems with little peep just because of my daughter's love of him so my one daughter loves little peep so much and everything that i can see is that he was just you know an addict and she tries to put him up on this pedestal i'm like hey you know there's a lot of people that are doing really good things music wise and they aren't hiding behind an addiction um i mean okay fair but like kurt cobain was like the first major celebrity death of my lifetime that like hit me smashed my heart and he was a heroin addict and yeah not and I, far from a great person beyond being an insanely talented musician for from what we've learned <laughs> right and that's kind of what but she and 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 i don't have a problem with the musicians as much as i have a problem of her idolizing them because of because she she loves kurt cobain too and so i'm like why don't you like dave Grohl's pretty fucking cool and he's <laughs> alive and uh <laughs> so so dave i and, just like having a beer every now and then that's about it what's wrong with him yeah, I, and so that, but that's always kind of who I was too. Where like when Kurt Cobain killed himself, and I saw everybody getting the Nirvana gear and seeing like overnight everybody in seventh grade becoming a huge fan of grunge, and I was like, wait a second, I was already listening to this stuff, and now you guys all love it, and then that made me like pull back. And then when the Foo Fighters came out, I'm like, now that I like. Because they have they rock, but they don't take themselves too seriously, and it seems like a lot more fun. Yeah, than- it almost it, it kind of amazes me how the Foo Fighters became like a Mount Rushmore rock band of their time because they were. I like the Foo Fighters, and I'm not saying this to diminish them. So much of their music is so inoffensive and geared for radio and stuff that it came along at a time when you know. Mm-hmm. Nine Inch Nails and and all that that angsty super angsty shit was like the the status quo. So 
it's cool to see. I, I like I said, it, I, I don't mean cool. to flag on on the Foo Fighters. I'm just kind because of you, but you you're kind of right because they could have very if if they didn't have the Nirvana cred, then they would be looked at like Nickelback. Possibly, I see your point, but I don't. Dave Grohl is so fucking talented. Like that dude's so talented. Nirvana was his warm up band. Like like think about that. Like, but that but like, that's also the thing. Like. <laughs> Chad Kroger is pretty fucking talented too with all the songwriting that he's done. He he puts out hits. Uh it it may not be our cup of tea, but it's you know, he he's written hits for other people too and he's got he's got I'm not saying he's as talented as Dave Grohl, but I'm saying oh, really, if, I, if, if you back, the guy can write music and play music. I'm not If, not if you take Chad Kroger and put him in a band like that had a lot of cred and then Nickelback's his second band. How would we look at them? Like if he was in Nirvana and then Nickelback came out fair appraisal, like if he played in fucking Soundgarden or something and then, yes, there you go. I don't know. Or Alice in Chains or something. Yeah. There's like the contrarian in me too, that just gets so bored of the hack comedy of people making fun of Nickelback where I'm like, just, can you just let them, you don't got to listen to them. I don't know who the fuck listens to this band, but that's not a be one. Like it's let them, let them be. That's anything for me right now is when people just shit on something to shit on it. And I'll, I'll have my moments, but it's one of those things where people get all riled up and shit on things. And I'm like, there's so much stuff. There's so much stuff. Even if you were like, oh, they play the song on the radio all the time. There's a billion radio stations. You can you can avoid anything you want. There has never been a avoid period. It. There's never been a period in human history that you can access any kind of content musically as quickly and as vastly as you can right now. No, I, I no offense to your employer. Forget about radio. Let's go streaming. Like, let's just go. You can store music on your phone if you want to. Listen, I- they know that because that's why they have the iHeartRadio app. That's where they're like, hey, you don't like this? Go listen to the app and listen to whatever the fuck you want. Just use our our device. Yeah, man. It's uh, and I think maybe because. And this is why I'm fortunate. I'm thankful to be born when I was born because I remember when you had to hunt down a CD or a record and you had to go find it or you had to go, you know, sift through your favorite band's influences and then do the archaeology of finding those albums. And you had to go to stores and and, and you had to save up 20, 30 bucks to find a to buy a couple albums. So, like, whenever I open Spotify within seconds, I kind of remember to not take it for granted and stuff. Yeah. And it's very important. And like one of the things that I find very funny right now is, you know, there's the people that were all about vinyl and there's the people that had their CD collections. And now there's this nostalgia for the original iPod era where they're like, man, nothing was better than this. Where you had a track of this. Yeah. Zoomer generation. (laughs) Yeah. Where they're, they're looking back and they're like, man, I had so many songs on this thing. I liked it so much. And there's still the people that are hanging on to it. Like I still use my iPod, man. It kicks ass. I bought a bunch. Do you ever ever see somebody actually still using an iPod in public? I haven't seen it in a long time. It's all sometimes in the gym and it blows. Like I don't judge it, but I'm like, that's wild to me. It's just, it's fucking crazy. But. Well, like, I, and I know certain people are like complete audiophiles where they want to listen to it, like a you know, where each song's like a gigabyte because they have like a flack file that's like high quality, mm-hmm. and so I can understand it in that situation where you have one of those terabyte, uh, 
iPods that came out and you're, you you want to be able to keep everything in like high quality. Uh, so I so I get that. But it's also now they have that high quality streaming on Spotify and Amazon Music and stuff like that, too. So, I, you know, I, I'm I recorded in studios like I understand that you should want to listen to the very best possible thing. But I don't like, like mm-hmm. <laughs> I just like. I listened to so much objectively awful music in my teens and early like adult years, probably maybe still do. But like, to me, it's always been a feeling related thing. Like it's always been like, give me the stick, the thing in my arm. I want to fucking feel it. And yeah. Run it into the ground until the next thing. See, so I'm, I've gotten to a place where I'm really just the vibe is what I'm about when it comes to music. So I like to, I have a bunch of records. I have a pretty decent re- record collection for what I want to put on. is something that's just going to get my head bopping and then kind of be on in the, the background. And if I can sing along to a few songs, that's great. But otherwise I just want it to be just kind of the ambiance in the room with me as I'm doing other things or I'm dancing around a little bit, kind of, you know, basically cleaning house music. That's a great point because when I work, you know, I need background music. So to me, it's almost like two separate things. If I'm like working, I'm either listening to like podcasts or like very backgroundy stuff that's not mm-hmm. demanding a lot of my like hard drive space in my head. Yeah. Then if I'm driving, then I want to fucking hear the feelings music and stuff. Okay. But also aside, has have you had mobile phone companies say they offer home internet? But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For the last four months-ish, I've had the Avengers Portals scene music on loop in my head 24 hours a day. Just oh, really? going background the whole fucking time. And I don't, like, it has become, it's just printed in there. And it's not leaving. And I don't know if that's a, like, if I'm the only person like that, but it's been that way for as long as this fucking COVID thing's been going on. That's crazy. That's a, that, that one hasn't gotten in my head, but I definitely get songs that will loop in my head uh, but it's more like on like a week to two week basis. So I was really into the JG Wentworth commercial for a while where <laughs> I would just walk around singing. I need, or I have a structured settlement and I need cash now. And so like in all part, partially, cause that's like the one song that I'm able to sing with any tone. Like it's, I, never, I never let tone get in the way of me trying to sing some shit, man. <laughs> no, I don't let it get in the way, but that's the one where I'm like, I actually can kind of do this one. Um, where, where there's a lot of other stuff that that doesn't really hit like that, but I it definitely get stuff stuck in my head like that. But not the not the Avengers Portal scene. But I bet if you went on 
read it and said like, hey, has anybody else had this stuck in their head for the last four months? Uh, you're going to find uh, a, a support group there. Reddit is the one place I will not participate in because every once in a while I'll drop some content in there and get the fuck out of there. Like I just drew, drew, threw a grenade because I don't want to. You don't want to see the results. No, no, I, I, I get that. I, I mean, I, I had a big, <laughs> I had a big moment on Reddit for a while. Like when they first started doing stand-up shots, I was getting like the front page of Reddit like every other week. Yeah, you were working that pretty hard, right? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, and it was going well. But then, man, it, it definitely brought out some uh evil people like mm. where people just are terrible okay but like that's kind of the same thing that drew me to doing actual stand-up comedy where it's like you know for the most part i get overwhelming support on my social media channels because mm-hmm. I'm posting it there and it's people are nice and there's something to posting a, in a room full of strangers or jackals to see what the temperature is in there and i've learned to not listen and and to all feedback it's important to parse out who's yeah opinion. yeah there's actual constructive criticism and then there's all there's people that are just trying to hurt feelings and that's one of those things and sometimes the constructive criticism comes at you in a hurtful way but then they are right and it's it's important to be well, aware of that i have my own network of of people and peers that like i'll share work with privately to get their feedback yeah and i'm not saying sure. that people aren't entitled to share their opinions on stuff but i don't it doesn't really enter i'm saying yeah they aren't uh i don't think we need it anymore i think you can get rid of the comment section on pretty much everything and we'll be okay i think we're entering we're we're very close to an age where that stuff's just going to be seen as a thing of the past i really do it well and it's one of the things that ended up driving social media was the engagement that you know you'd get so if you're getting comments it didn't matter matter if they're negative or positive it would just the conversation yeah the conversation would increase the uh the visibility in the algorithm and then it put terrible things out there or or show people that hey if i just go in and scream loud enough then it's going to get people's attention and i'm going to get what i want and that's not necessarily the way things should go i like adopted like a mantra and i'm sure i stole it from some fucking motivational speaker or maybe i made it up but i just my thing is you're entitled to your opinion not my attention so it's like say whatever you want like get as mad as you want about my work or Mm -hmm. you could hate it debate it it's i i welcome it like art is designed to create a conversation of course speaking of your work and your design and things that people love and hate uh let's talk about the you know the buzzards and the the, your your proposed rebrand of the indians speak um yeah that that got a whole second wind i didn't expect to see coming so uh the 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 short story of it is uh, last year around this time i took a couple weeks off of my client work and i had an idea to change the cleveland indians brand over to the cleveland buzzards brand the idea being um if we're still at this sticking point with chief wahoo worshipers that want to cling to a tradition and they don't want to lose a tradition why not swap wahoo out with another iconic mascot which is the wmms buzzard right so if your argument is you can't just ruin my tradition and ruin this thing that's been a part of my life well here's this thing that's been a part of your life and now it becomes a part of your life in a more even maybe more meaningful way through the your baseball team Mm -hmm. so i designed a set of uniforms mock-ups i designed the whole branding set with 
centered around David Helton's original WMS buzzard art, which he gave me his blessing to use. Made the rounds on social media, did pretty well. You know, some people obviously were mad about it, which is part and parcel. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen. But it got like it was really well received. And then that went away because it's social media and everything lasts for about maybe 48 hours at best. So fast forward to a few weeks ago, I'm out in the middle of the mountains recharging, like not working, just fucking getting away from stuff. So which basically means I'm just sitting in the middle of the mountains, scrolling through my phone like an asshole, <laughs> not taking, not detaching <laughs> from anything. And uh, I start getting like DMs and texts from people like, hey, like, um, your like post for the buzzards has picked up a lot of wind and I go, well, why? And then I, you know, go to Twitter and it's like Cleveland Indians announced they are now exploring changing the name. And I go, Oh shit. I go, I can't believe I was a year ahead of this whole thing. And then, uh, it got a, you know, a ton of shares, a ton of, uh, a ton of engagement. And yeah, again, I definitely shared it again. Yeah. I appreciate it. As soon as I saw them post that, I went and found your post, and I think I retweeted it or shared one of the, the photos or something. I was like, Hey, yeah, this isn't a bad idea. Yeah. I mean, I, it's anyone's guess as to where it goes from here, if it goes anywhere, but I can say, I can say definitively, I, I normally am not cocky about my ideas. It's the best idea I've had for like anything. And I don't look at it competitively to the other concepts, but I think it's markedly better and more well thought out than anything else. I love it. I think it would be fantastic. I don't like, I don't, I know I'm a loud idiot and I know like I can pound my chest, but I, I, when I, when this idea stormed into my head, I was like, I'll gladly spend two weeks of time and money out of my pocket to put this shit together. Cause that's how strongly I felt about it. So it, you know, I've not heard anything from any team representatives or anything, but the momentum and the sort of groundswell of it was cool enough that it that it grabbed. Yeah, the they line. definitely saw it, like that's for sure. Like they know yeah, about it. Cleveland's not that big. Yeah, I, I imagine they saw it. Um, and and when people want to hang on to the Indians and Chief Wahoo and all that stuff, it, I I don't even argue with them anymore. I'm like, well, it's over. It's done. They're gonna get rid of it. It's it's, it's nice like thing. Yeah, it's it's like long overdue. And but also, then you look at the other teams that have some cool branding and, and, and a lot of stuff. Like I'm, I, I picked up a B and a C team this year, uh, the Rockies and, and the Tampa Bay Rays and. Okay. So the Rockies is your B team. Yeah. I'm Rockies are my B team. I got this hat and that I hat looks so fucking good. That's not the official team hat. Is it like, it's not the official team hat, but this is the hat that when I saw it, I'm like, that's the fucking hat I'm getting. Cause they have the CR, which, you know, every baseball team tries to do like the Yankees thing. Or and, the Dodgers thing, yeah. Yeah, and it works really well with the Dodgers. I love the Dodgers. The Yankees is iconic. I get that. But, like, when they're trying to do it with, like, the Colorado Rockies, I'm like, yeah, you guys have a cooler thing. Like, this is way cooler than the C and the R. I would, like, I don't, I'm not a ball cap guy, but I would wear that cap, especially because purple's my second favorite color to black. Yeah. But it looks great. Yeah, that I remember I, when the Rockies became a team in 95, 94, something. Yeah, like around that. then. I got a Colorado Rockies hat because I just thought, you know, you get drunk on the new and I'm like, oh, it's got silver and purple. I was like, this looks fucking crazy. Yeah, it's great colors. I would uh, play like that's the team when I had Ken Griffey baseball like that when that video game was out for the N64. I would play as the Rockies because you could just mash homers in their stadium. 
because so of the, what's the reasoning behind these being your B and C teams. So the Rockies was basically the purple. I was like, okay, I like the purple. I, you know, and, and also I wanted to go with teams that aren't, that are kind of like forgotten teams. Like you're not going to get accused of being a front runner if you're a Rockies and Rays fan. Okay. So like, the, I, I could have easily been like, oh, I'm going to take the Red Sox and the Dodgers, but that's fucking cop out. Is this a strictly branding driven decision to root for these teams? No, I, I mean, it's pretty close to that, but like the Rays, I don't like their branding as much. It was just with the Rays, it was more like they could use the help. They could use everything <laughs> they can get. Like your friends, like struggling local band, where you're exactly. like, I need to get behind this. But they're actually playing really well so far this year. So it's 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 been kind of fun to follow both these teams and the tribe and see how everything you know how everything's playing out. And that's like as a kid, I would do the same thing. Where like I, the Indians were so woefully terrible when yeah. I was a kid. So I'd adopt other teams based on their logos, and the Blue Jays were like my number one. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's the, that's Allen's team. So he went because uh, he kind of started it because he he has his White Sox, then he's got the Indians as a B team, and he was talking about Toronto as his C team because he likes the city of Toronto and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, well, I'll take a B and a C team, and Mary took a B and a C team, and okay. now we're, we're doing like a little like running bet whenever our teams play each other. It's you know five dollars on the line. So it's it's been pretty fun so far, uh, and then uh, you know it's just one of those things where. It, I want sports to be fun. I don't want sports to be a bummer all the time. So it's like with the NBA bubble coming back and I'm so pumped for the NBA bubble because I think it's going to be really, really good on and off the court where we're going to get some great basketball. There's no home court advantage either way. So it's Mm -hmm. just these guys locked in playing their best basketball. You're going to see who becomes like, like who was distracted a lot outside because they're like, now they're in this bubble. They like, all I can do is go out and win. And so I'm going to go out and win. Like, I think a guy like Russell Westbrook is going to th- thrive in a situation like this because uh, yeah, he, he's already pretty intense. Mm-hmm. And when you take away anything, any other distraction, not that I would say he's a very distracted player, but I think uh, just getting to a point where he's got nothing to do, but go and win basketball games every day, he's going to just, blow people away this season well it's like if you're locking them in like a fire festival situation and there's no clubs to go to and there's no mm-hmm. restaurants or cities to really walk through during the day like you're just like a fucking mma fighter locked in your locker room like waiting to fucking right. get loose and shit so it's the nba gets it better gets it right more than any other sports organization because they fucking listen because mm-hmm. they were like it's honestly like Teens that play like NBA Live just run the league where they're just like, all right, so what should we do? And they're like, I don't know, like the West is super is way better than the East. So let's just do 13 teams from the West and nine from the East. And then yeah. all together, like in Disney World. And I don't know, fuck it. Like, let's put a, build a bunch of courts on the same in the same fucking complex. Let's, let's go. Yeah. And, and they'll do it. And they're testing everything. And they're it's, it's working so far. It's just, and it seems the most sustainable of any of the ideas I've heard. It is. And also the behind the scenes stuff that's going to happen is going to, we're not going to know about that for years. Like we're going to need like, like a book is going to come out about how these guys were blown off steam. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. In, in the, the, uh, in the bubble. Well, there's already, uh, you know, and I'm taking this with a less than a grain of salt, but there's already girls on Twitter saying like, I already got texted to come to the bubble. They're like, mm-hmm. the season ain't going to last very long. So, who knows 
And but yeah, I want to. I want to. But, but just hey, if you're if you're an NBA player and you're listening to this, which most of you are, uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's get those girls tested. Make sure that they're tested, and yeah, not just for coronavirus. <laughs> wah, wah. Mm-hmm. But I I go back to the point where you said you want to you listen you watch sports to have fun and you don't like being bummed out and i agree with that like it, i i like to be entertained and i like to get my mind taken off things mm-hmm. but i also think about the heartache i've been through in my life and the adversity i've been through and for, uh, and i i have to go back to this sort of grounding thought where i'm like i was raised a cleveland browns fan in the middle to late 80s there's nothing you can do to me that hasn't already fucking flattened my heart and bottomed me out. Well, and that's the thing too, about like being a fan of sports when you have that kind of heartache, it hurts a lot, but it's also kind of this palatable heartache because it's so definite about what it is. So like when you're going through a breakup or you're going through like kind of an existential crisis about your career or something like that, that is multifaceted and it's very, very deep and you're, you're struggling in so many different ways. But when your team loses, it's cause they lost. That's what makes you upset. And so it's very easy to focus that sadness and that anger on the pure fact that they lost and it makes it, it simplifies those emotions. And that is part of what I like about sports is yeah. because the good and the bad are tied together and then you also see people that are happy that your team lost and you're like well that fucking sucks so there's i'm sad and they're happy but it's a very binary i don't know our teams have been so bad for so long i don't know if anybody feels good anymore when we lose they're like yeah well that's another or, or they're sympathetic but it's it's still i feel like it's pretty binary uh equation when it comes to sports and feeling a certain way just talking about the games the wins and losses i'm not talking about the way people are treated and the collective bargaining agreement, all that stuff. I'm just talking feeling good and bad about a situation are I feel good. They won. I feel bad. They lost. Yeah. I mean, as a kid, I just thought that was what every city went through because Mm -hmm. I watched those Browns championship games end in the most crushingly impossibly heartbreaking fashions. And I just go, was this that? I mean, this just happens to everybody, right? Like it's like it's not a deal. Like it's it's unique to us. Wait, wait this doesn't happen everywhere. <laughs> like, when I was young enough that like I knew that the Browns were good, and I was confused by the idea that like they had like people had that kind of Charlie Brown, uh, gray cloud over like storm cloud over them, where they're like, yeah, they're good, but they're gonna blow it in the playoffs. And I was just like, but they might not. They might do good. They might win this time. And then they kept, you know. I was PM for a while like about about that where I'm like, What's, I go, you got to believe, man. Mm-hmm. You got to believe. And then I got divorced and I was like, ah, I've seen this movie before. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just fun. Like, let's just, there's there's beers here. Let's fucking, it's, man, let's fucking relax and have a good time. Out of our control. You know, like I can't go on the field and do shit about it. And then I remember all the jocks that would call me the other F word in high school. And yeah, like, of course. I don't fucking care about this. I, don't, I can go draw a picture. Like, I, Yeah, I definitely took a hiatus from sports uh, in like my later high school in like early 20s where I wasn't paying that much attention. And then basketball brought me back. When LeBron showed up, I was just I mean, I was I was still I was in the Philippines for two years. And so I really got disconnected from everything but 
when I got back from the Philippines, I was all in on the NBA and just paying attention to everything. And oh, I, like, I have NBA league pass. I, I'm so in on this bubble. If you're under the age, if you were under the age of 40 in 2003, there's no way you were not a Cavaliers fan when that dude became a Cavalier. It's yeah. just, it was impossible. Yeah, it was, it was very exciting. And, uh, he got us one, so I, I cherish that that uh, season. Oh, it, it's one of the best things. Um, I mean, I said it literally the minute he won. I was fucking pouring beer all over myself after the at the you know out in fucking Ontario or whatever after the watch party game seven. I go, he can go wherever the fuck he wants. I was yeah. Like, you fucking now you retire. I was like, I I will never, I might never see this again in my entire life. I can't believe I saw it once. Yeah, and that's that's kind of how I feel. And also, the people that hold grudges against the athletes over leaving. Sorry, okay, like, uh, so like I, you know, I was pissed when Kyrie left. I was very, very upset with Kyrie leaving, and I trashed him multiple times on the radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when it comes down to it, I love watching that dude play basketball. He is one of the most exciting players to watch. And then on top of that, he's a pretty good dude. Like he's doing a lot of charity right now. He's he's trying to bring awareness to certain things. He's he's helping out WNBA players. He's he's doing solid things for his community. And so when people are like, oh, they're dead to me, or like, you know, I'll never forgive them for that. I will. I will absolutely forgive him because it's his life and it's his career, and he's allowed to do what he wants with it. And uh also I I just like watching him play. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm adjacent enough to the entertainment industry and to people that entertain for a living to be like, you know, people, athletes, entertainers, comedians, musicians don't owe you a fucking thing beyond their best possible effort when they're at work, you know, like, right. And, and you gotta just dope shoes. Oh, is that the Kyrie's? This is a this is the one pair that I have. I got another pair on the way. I got a pair of the Kyrie one, the All Star ones, and that was like my last pair of expensive sneakers I bought before I just solely became like a Vans guy. But mm-hmm. every subsequent iteration of the Kyrie's, and I'm not trying to trash them, but they just feel like there's not a radical reinvention of that model, like from off the first one. Which oh, is- I, I agree, but it's also it's a- mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Leftovers. Or... The DMV. Number 97. Or. House cleaning. Or. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Or bad thing. You know, LeBron's. Sneakers, every iteration is like radically different from the one before. That is not true at all because <laughs> uh, the the past three shoes have basically been the same shoe. Okay. Like the unibody sock yeah. knit type thing. Which I love though. They're they're good shoes. So yeah. I got these ones and then uh, in my display is a LeBron over here. And uh, this this one's great. And this one is one of my favorite shoes. 
because it's got a tribute to the command force airs that uh that's great I from from uh white men can't jump i love it. yeah i, I was I, mean, I went through like a sneakerhead phase until i realized i'm never wearing any of these and i just have a i can't collect stuff and like i don't really um i got and hats and i got sneakers and i got records so i got i got some collections going i have a collection of used inhalers <laughs> here's my motivation for like accruing wealth is i want to have like a nice house that looks like like um i loan it out to let them film porn like high-end porn in it but i also want like a closet room that's not a sneaker closet but it's literally just a t-shirt room with all my fucking t-shirts because i have literally hundreds of them and they're all hanging like a museum room like yeah. back closet with a bunch of shitty black t-shirts that'd be badass I'm in, I'm into that. I'm totally into that. And like a lot of just a lot of acetate furniture, and then like a bathroom that has like a smaller room in it for the toilet. That's all I want. I just want to see if I can find another pair of shoes. I just like showing them off. Pool, like an infinity pool, be nice. Yeah. Um. Probably. I gotta. Say, I like the condo life that I'm living. It's not that bad. I get. I get. The, you know, you have to interact with people a little more than I love, but it's also nice to have the pool and everything, and and it's pretty affordable. These guys are just. Jordan's threes, threes or fours, fours, fours oh, and nice. I look at that. And I just think about how I'd spill coffee on those in seconds because they're white, like they're yeah. they're bright white sneakers. I'm, I'm. I, it's definitely changed habits for me wearing these <laughs> sneakers. Yeah, for what you're spending on those, I would imagine you have to be a little mindful of it. I just buy like sixty-five dollar pair of Vans, wear them into the ground, buy another pair. Yeah, I I, I was that way for a while, but. This the sneaker addiction got me, and then it got me through quarantine. So I, um, I went a little overboard during quarantine. My wardrobe owner went a shift in the last three or four years, and a friend of mine, who can who cannot be named, characterized me in the funniest thing that anyone's ever said about me. Where he just goes, "You look like a school. Sh- you dress like a school shooter at a pie eating contest." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so bummed I can't credit this dude for it because it was I literally almost had a fucking asthma attack when he told yeah, me. Fucking funny. <laughs> this was before the transformation, as it were. But I was like, I go, I you were, it was a troublingly funny level of, of yeah. uh, you know. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for uh, sitting down with me and, and being on the Bill Squire show. Uh, anything you want to plug before we get out of here? Um, go to the Instagram and then you can get to all my other stuff from there. So Instagram at OK Pants, OK P-A-N-T-S. And, um, I just try to try to have fun with you all over there, and I try to limit the amount of selfies. But you know, hey, I say post them. All right, man. I'm real bad at moderation with that stuff. So whatever. <laughs> fair, fair. All right. Well, thanks so much, man. Uh, yeah, I'll be, I'm I'm here anytime you need need me for whatever. And uh, coming up right now, we got okay. this week's right. Instagram hottie. Hey, everybody. Uh, Cassandra I from am Bill Squire, and this is this week's Instagram week. hottie, Cassandra. <laughs> Hi. Uh, I don't know how to say your uh, maiden name. Nobody does. It's okay. And, and, uh, <laughs> I'm going to take a shot at it, though. Go for it. Mahersha Frank. Yep. Close enough. Close enough. Yeah. yeah. No, it's my shock. You just don't my pronounce shock. Okay. any of it. Yeah. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, exactly. A lot, <laughs> lot of consonants. So you many. Think, you think you'd learn being in Cleveland where you see these names all the time. So you'd have some idea how to do it. But mm-hmm. it's still just like you see it and you just go, M. <laughs> You're Polish. K- yes, yes. <laughs> Cassie M. Uh, and uh, last name Fears, and you are the owner of Fears Confections Yay. in Lakewood, uh, a very good candy shop and uh, 
somewhat controversial. Oh, all the time. All the time. You guys, <laughs> got, you guys have gotten into some uh, arguments uh, with some people. A little bit. Uh, I think the most famous one is the Trump poop emojis. Yes, the Trump dumps of, yeah. of infamy, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> when uh, if you've never seen them, uh, they, they look like the poop emoji, and they got Trump's hair on it, and they're candy, and they were cute, and people ordered them all over the country, and then... Uh, Trolls came after you on guys inauguration hard. day. Nobody yeah. liked them anymore. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, people went crazy. And what the biggest thing for me is when it comes to stuff like that is they're always calling everybody else a snowflake. Oh my god, they're offended over a truffle. A truffle. <laughs> a truffle. Yeah, I got a bomb threat and death threats over a truffle with hair. Mm. Mm-hmm. But not we even real hair. Them. Yeah, we we still make them. We Good. just don't advertise them very much. Yeah. <laughs> It's it, yeah, it gets uh, it gets weird. It gets uh, and and you're also not someone that really backs down. No, but I have a panic attack the whole time. Right. I, well, I, I didn't say you didn't. I just said you don't really back no. down. No, but I, I know I know what it's like because with my ex wife with her store, she did things oh, that yeah. uh, would rile people up, and then they like they assemble the troops and they attack your Facebook page, and and everyone's like, hey, we're just trying to make a living, right? Yeah. Like it's it's all it is. It's not, you know... And it's if you don't like things. it, don't buy it. Right, exactly. Like, it's not that hard. <laughs> but it's not... Uh, it's But it's so hard for them to understand. Right. It's, I mean, when especially when people don't have anything else to do. Right. When, like, that becomes their purpose. People are really bored right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, they are. Yes, they are. Not bored enough to really put my numbers up there, but maybe having you on here <laughs> will get some... Shit we'll get, stirred up and we'll, we'll yes. get going. But I'm no, good it's, for stirring the shit. Yeah, let's but things are going real great. So how was how was the? So let's let's talk about your. <laughs> you opened a candy shop. How long ago was it? We've been in business ten years, but I had my first storefront in 2013. Okay, so about seven years. So 20. That's really awesome. So you've been doing it for ten, storefront for seven, which is really impressive because I think that's a it's a cute little shop. I, I would stop in there from coffee and, and Star Wars candy from time to time. Uh, I used to live like right around the corner from it and uh, I haven't been over in a bit. So I need to, I need to get back over there. Well, nobody has. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's it. But I mean, I'm, I'm talking like two or three years since yeah, I've been I there. Think, I remember what one of the summer markets I think was the last time yeah. I saw you. Yeah. I was, I think I was just walking by. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> you, you've been doing that and, uh, you have some really successful products and, and you, you make all the candy yourself. Mm-hmm. And yep. so you spend all day just making candy and selling it and uh it's it's a really cool business thanks thanks what made you want to get into the the candy business i don't know (laughs) i lost my job uh uh, back in 2009 and finding a new job was not easy i got i got a visitor oh no you got the bone i got the bone stuck under (laughs) the bone it's stuck on my wheel all right there we go teamwork we got you whoopsie we got you you. all right now she might actually (laughs) This might be a better whoopsie episode because you might actually just chew on that for a bit. There's been no barking. No, so far. So far. So far. That's kind of a. It's it's. Quit eating my drink. I've just accepted that it's going to be part of the show. It's like having kids. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, so you have. Uh, what made you want to get into candy? I'm sorry. Oh, I lost. I was an engineer. I uh-huh. lost my job, and I looked for one for a long time. I hear you. Hi. I know. She, uh, now she <laughs> found a whole new way to disrupt the podcast. <laughs> Banging She's the like, head on oh, the I'll just bang my table. head on the... Here, you come over here and just chew on that and lay down. 
Uh, um, so you were an engineer. Yeah. And well, what I, kind of engineer? I was a fiber optic networking engineer. Okay. So I would and design... obviously, like, they're, they're, that's a dead end market. It's like coal. Uh, <laughs> they're not using that stuff at all. They, they just outsourced it all, and I trained all my okay. replacements. So. Oh, that's a fucking uh, piece of shit it move. Was, it was a good time. Mm-hmm. It was a good time. But uh, yeah, so I looked for a job for a long time, and I did other stuff in the interim, but I started doing it out of my house, and eventually when did you when did you uh realize like oh shit i can make this my living when i was watching well when i got a storefront and took a leap because i really didn't think you didn't think it was gonna be able to make it no no i mean seven years is nothing to sneeze at that's pretty impressive no we've made it over the theoretical like failure hump that's awesome So if we can survive a pandemic i think hopefully we'll be okay (laughs) Uh, i mean time will tell we'll see how this fucking pandemic goes uh, so you, you got into the thing. What's your favorite candy that you've ever made, uh, outside the Trump dump? Uh, my personal favorite are, is our sponge candy. Okay. It's a, it's a weird thing that they have in Buffalo, mm-hmm. California. You can get it in like Canada and England and stuff, but it's I've, all different names. It but it's uh it's weird cause people around here, unless they've had it somewhere else. Yeah. They, people Don't have no what idea it what it is. And yeah. they, I have like a cult following now. It's one of our most bestseller products. That's now, awesome. So. That's cool. And I, and I imagine, uh. They ain't making it at Mally's. No, they're not. <laughs> so you got the, the market I've corner. cornered. I've cornered the market. So explain what it, it's like a sponge cake dipped in chocolate. It's um actually or, it's crispy and crunchy okay. a little bit. It's a, just like a if you took a brittle and you put air pockets in it and okay. kind of puffed up a brittle and oh. then dip it in chocolate. So it's like crispy, flaky, melting Okay, so I, maybe I haven't had that. I thought it was maybe more not. like a, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'd have to try one not, of those. Now you, oh, guess what? Hey, there's one in your bag. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. Diet starts next pandemic. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how tough is it to stay out of the food? Not. Like, like I mean, I'm, like I'm eating so it. Tired of You're it. so tired of I'm it. You're so just tired like, of I'm it. fucking oversweet. I'm so fucking oversweet. Like, yeah. Give me a steak or whatever. No. You know? Well, yeah. you're not a, well, no. Give me. Yeah. Give, give me steak. steak. Yeah. Give me. Give me pizza. Give me yeah. anything. Anything that's not sweet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or ice cream. Mm. That I'll take. So. Ice cream is yeah. fucking good. What's your favorite ice cream? Oh, I've been just eating Mitchell's Sundays like it's my job. Chocolate peanut butter ice cream, but I love the Mitchell's uh blackberry crumble. Oh, that's a good one too. That's that's, that's, that's a my really good one too. Go to shit. And then I love Ben and Jerry stuff. Uh the tr- cheesecake. New York the, style super fudge chunk. Ooh, <laughs> the the strawberry cheesecake one and then Peanut butter one, then Americone Dream. Like, there's so many. There's I so can, many. Good I ones. can literally just reach in and grab whatever it is, and I'll be like, "Yeah, that's fine." Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, pretty I'm, much any I'm, of it. I'm pretty on board with all <laughs> of uh, all the Ben and Jerry stuff. So you you also uh, have a husband, and that's where you get your name. And then you also <laughs> kind of uh, we we kind of became friends over some some uh, burlesque stuff. Were you a burlesque dancer? I have performed two times. Two times. Okay. Yeah, I just sell chocolate primarily over there but i've performed two times mm-hmm. now and what do you think of that uh, i enjoy it it's, it's weird it's yeah. uh, i'm not a it's a thrill as much of an out there person as i am i'm not a well today is a little different I'm she did the chest for us she's <laughs> like did. she's like i'm gonna wear a mask and uh but don't worry yeah. you'll be you'll be distracted you won't even notice the mask <laughs> mask up tits out yeah is mask my on, new tits uh, out. that's is a great my motto. new theme now so <laughs> i fu- honestly i think that's what we need for the whole country because if it's like okay uh if I, in in Guys, like, if you want the ladies, to, you got to wear a mask. Wear a mask. And then they'll wear their boobs out more. Yeah, yeah. Is that we'll a trade-off? Co- we'll even coordinate mask, yeah, look dress, at that. boobs right here. Yeah, mask so. and the dress. Did you make this dress? No, a friend of mine uh, did, who owns Bad Doll Studio. I'll plug her because she's okay. the shit. But she made the mask and the dress. So she's a Why? local. Hey! Girl. Hey! Hey! 
That's my Paul George shoebox. So what were we talking about? Uh, I think tits. Boobs. Yes. Tits. All right. Yes. Well, uh, I mean, I think you're the first guest I've had on that has bigger boobs than me. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least uh, in studio. I, did, I didn't used to, but I've put on 50 pounds. Mm-hmm. So that's the only bonus right here. Yeah, <laughs> that's well, all I got. <laughs> I wouldn't have noticed, but, you know, uh, I'd. I guess I didn't really pay attention to your boobs as much back when we hung out more. But I, probably they look didn't, great. I probably didn't sport them quite as yeah, heavily yeah. as I do right now. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate it. It's uh, it's nice. I, I'm a big I do fan what of I cleavage. Can. Yeah. I do it's, what I it's, can. You know, in these unprecedented <laughs> times, we need anything we can We're to put a smile on our face. Together. Yes. <laughs> we could all fit in those together. Uh, <laughs> this is the. Not how is I'm usually so professional, and now I'm like. Ooh. I asked how professional you are because I'm not. I don't know, but I, I can I, I, pretend to be. No, it's fine. So. We're, we're having a good time. Okay. Uh, so, uh, you've been doing. You did a little bit of burlesque. Uh, what was your song that you did? Pure to? imagination from Willy Wonka. Oh really? My stage name is Fonda Sweets. Oh, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> I had the top hat and the gold lame bow and the purple oh jacket. Oh my god, and that's whole... so fucking fun! Yeah, I that's <laughs> honestly like, of course I like naked women, but <laughs> anything that like ties in like that is just really fun when it comes to burlesque. And one of my favorite burlesque performances was, uh, God, I can't remember. It was a drag. It wasn't even uh, burlesque, but it was a drag performance. But it was uh, this performer that did the whole like. Uh, what was her name? It was the Christmas song where it all goes wrong. And I post it every year around Christmas. Uh, I feel like I know what you're Gladys talking. Knight. Oh, okay. So it's Gladys Knight, and she's, she's like, where are my background singers? <laughs> I don't know the words to the song. Like, she's, it's, it's a train wreck, and it's so funny. And this performer did the entire routine to that audio that's fantastic and like nobody knew what was going on except for me and so i'm fucking dying laughing (laughs) i'm like you guys don't have any idea how fucking funny this is but it's so like it's this amazing moment in time where it was the national christmas lighting tree lighting ceremony and it was a shit show it was back with like uh president clinton uh i think his second term or something like that and it's just this shit show of a performance (laughs) she saved it she did great but he couldn't uh it was, it was just really, <laughs> it was just, it, it's, you got to watch it. Just, I, I I'm pretty sure it's, find it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Gladys Knight, but it might be, it's one of those ladies, one of those old, like, soul singers. Okay. Uh, I will have to look for that. Aretha Franklin, one of them. I'm, I'm, like, familiar-ish with the song. Yeah, but... I don't have my phone, my phone's doing the recording, so I can't look it ah. up right now. <laughs> uh, but uh, just do the search and you'll find it, and... Uh, and watch it. It's on. I post it every Christmas because it's my favorite thing. Okay. Like that, that's like my, I get excited for I'm Christmas for that. It. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, and okay. So you also got some kids. How how is quarantine with kids? How old are they now? Five and eight. Jeez, that's a tough time. <laughs> that's a. That, they're that, not like babies, but they're but old they're enough bored. to want to do shit. Yeah, yeah <laughs> and they're, they're not bored. allowed to do anything. Mm-hmm. So, so far they've visited each set of grandparents a little bit, and that's like all we've let them do. So, really? Oh, they got to be losing their minds. Yeah. My parents live out of state. They live in New York, where we're not, we're banned from. Sorry. We're banned from. Yeah, we got kicked so, out of New York. I was trying to yay. set up some trips out there to, to Jamestown, <laughs> to the Comedy Museum, and then that's all shut down. Yeah, I'm really glad my kids went a couple weeks ago, because yeah. they wouldn't be allowed to go, and we got a week of, of reprieve after months of just two kids being like, Rrr. Right, that so. must have been... 
godsend. There it there is. It is. <laughs> there it is. All right. Well, uh, like I said, this is a pretty quick little interview today. Um, <laughs> whoopsie's getting antsy. Um, what can? Where can people find your shop? And how can they like? You know, if they're not from the area, because I have listeners all over the country. Uh, how can they like the website, the Facebook page, Instagram, all that stuff? Yeah, we're on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, under Fierce Confections. Instagram is Fierce Confection because it's annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, we're at FierceConfections.com. You can order online and have it shipped. You can order online and actually do it for a pickup. And right now, due to the pandemic, we're open only on Saturdays from noon to five at the moment. Unless you have like a special catering order, we'll make arrangements for okay. that. But one day a week, super fun. One day a week, they come in, but you can, you're shipping all the time. We've been shipping for 10 years. Yeah, yeah. okay. All and right. we're Great. usually open five days a week, but that's not a thing. Right. And I brought Let's, you goodies. Yeah, let, go through all the goodies. goodies. What do we got here? Cool. We'll talk about those real quick. Well, I will let and you touch the, the stuff. She's got the pin up on here. I do. Me as a cartoon. I, I like that. So in there, there is a Cleveland bar. Okay. That is actually etched with uh, a locally art, a local artist did a rendering of Cleveland. It's on That's there. That's very cool. There's a sponge candy in there for you. Okay. And I'm actually a Millennium, this live and on a Millennium the show. Falcon. And I forget, is there something so else So this is the sponge candy? That's the sponge candy. All right, I'm going to try this right now. Be loud. Oh, it is real crunchy. <laughs> I like watching people try it for the first time. Sorry. <laughs> You it's don't, an explosion. You, you, know, you knew it was going to happen, didn't you? Yeah. 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 Well, it's really good, though. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> it's really good. And then every weekend we've been doing something different. Last weekend was fruit tarts and the weekend before. I love you, whoopsie, but no. Uh, but this is blueberry buckle. And oh, you're fuck getting, yeah. You're getting the inaugural piece. That's Saturday's special for this week, which won't matter on this podcast, but we might have it back again. Awesome. Well, so, thank you so much. This is great. That's yeah. what is really good. You got another... <laughs> Sorry, now you gotta get out the yeah, cleaner. But I'm in the I'm in the cult now. <laughs> well, I think she can eat the the middle stuff. That yeah, the middle stuff is just pretty much mostly sugar. Yeah, the chocolate is what's not so not good for dogs. <laughs> okay, well, thank you so much for coming by. Uh, I had a great time. Uh, I'll, I'll be getting some more of that sponge cake, and then I can't <laughs> wait to try this. I'm gonna have that with a me for, for my it's dessert good, tonight. I was gonna say it's a good breakfast with coffee. Too. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. So. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. Thank you for coming by. is the Bill Squire Show. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.